Om Sam Saraswati Namaha Namaste Namaste. This evening on page 350 of the Chandipat, uh, we're going to discuss the Murthy Rahashyam, and this is the third of the secrets, and it's a secret of the manifestations, the Murthys. And the Rishi said, Om, the goddess who is possessor of the wealth of bliss, who will take birth from delight to those who pray, who will praise her with song and worship and her, her with devotion. She will give command over the three worlds. Though Nanda, Nandama, Nanda Bhagavati Nama, Nanda is the name of the Bhagavati. And so, we, we, who is coming in the future born in the house of Nanda? Uh, remember Nanda Ja, uh, that's Yogmaya. We're talking about Yogmaya who came in the house of Nanda Rai and he, she, she took the birth and they switched the babies. And remember Krishna was born from Devaki in the prison and then they switched the babies and Yogmaya came to the prison and, not, and go, Krishna grew up on the, in, the, in the cowherd's household and he became uh, the, the, the delight of, uh, of uh, Gokul. And so Krishna was, uh, became a cow herder and Yogamaya was Nanda. Thanks, Nanda Ma. We, we worship every time we go to Delhi, we worship in the Yogamaya Mandir. Uh, that's really kind of neat. You remember when we did that? Yeah, that was fun. Uh, uh, and she will give to man over the three worlds. Her body shines resplendently like excellent gold. Golden is the color of her beautiful garment. Golden is her lustrous aura. And golden are the ornaments that she wears. In her forehand, she holds a lotus of peace, the curved sword of wisdom or worship, the net of unity and the conch of all vibrations. She is called the energy that rules, the lotus one, the goddess of true wealth, ultimate prosperity, and who sits on the golden lotus. So she is the form of Lakshmi, Kamala, Indira, and Sri. Shrima, the mother of respect. I have introduced you to the goddess named she with red teeth, Rakhtadantika. Do you remember that? She ate those Asuras and dropped them. She put elephants and horses and chariots in their charioteers and the whole cavalry of thoughts. And she began to chew them till her mouth became as red as a pomegranate flower. Listen as I elucidate her intrinsic nature which alleviates all fear. How can you have any fear when she with red teeth is Mahakali is going to come and consume all the inappropriate desires of humanity? Her wearing apparel is red, her body is red, all her ornaments that she wears are red, her weapons are red, her eyes are red, her hair is red, and thus she is a well-read lady. Her appearance is terrifying to inappropriate thoughts. If you are an inappropriate thought, you will experience fear. The rest of us will cheer. Hooray for mother. 
sharp nails are red, her fangs are red, and redder her teeth, just as a devoted wife serves her husband, just so the goddess adores her devotees. She cooks for them, she cleans for them, she gives them the right medicine that they need according to the infirmities that they experience. Her form is as vast as the earth and her dew breast like the mountain Sumero. They are long and wide and very large and extremely beautiful breasts. One pours forth Bhakti and the other pours forth Gyan. She serves all the time with wisdom and devotion. That's how she nourishes her children. They are hard and fully an ocean of perfect bliss. Those two breasts fully satisfy all the desires of the devotees who drink from them. If you have Gyanam Bhakti, what else do you desire? Well, think about it. In her forehand, she holds the sword of worship, the drinking vessel of it, where she consumes the, the ne nectar of devotion, the pestle of refinement, the plow, sowing the seeds of the way of truth to wisdom, the seeds of dharma. She is also known as the extremely devoted slayer of passion and anger, Chabunda, and as the ruler of union female, Yogeshwari. She pervades the entire universe of movable and non-movable objects. Who worships the goddess with devotion, she with red teeth, becomes diffused in the universe of movable and immovable objects, and that means you become gapped, spread all through. You belong everywhere. You become Sabarni. You become everywhere. You're in every existence, in every atom of creation. He, that's the devotee, <coughs> or she, will enjoy pleasurable experience to the extent of his or her desires and ultimately attain union with the goddess. For he or she who constantly studies the songs of praise of the goddess, she with red teeth, the goddess will serve and protect him as a loving wife serves her husband. Upon learning the chandipat, you become... A rishi, a devo, a devata, nama, baba, siva, saka, the friend. You become my husband, Lord Shiva. That's how we started this discussion in the very beginning. Whoever wants can watch her dance. Whoever chooses can make her stop. Whoever can make her stop dancing, she will serve you like every other wife serves her husband. Just like Lord Shiva. The goddess who nourishes with vegetables, uh, the Chakambori, she is a blue color with eyes like blue lotuses. Her navel is very deep and her slender belly is beautiful because of the three wrinkles on it. I'm sorry, I lost mine a few generations ago. Her two breasts are extremely hard, equally large and round. She sits on a lotus and in her hands the lotus one has a fistful of arrows, a lotus, a piece, and a bow of sankalpa determination. Flower 
flowers and sprouts, roots and various fruits, vegetables filled with desirable tastes that will destroy hunger, thirst, and the fear of death. You achieve immortality when you worship she who nourishes with vegetables. The Supreme Sovereign holds a bow of great beauty, is known as she who nourishes with vegetables, also famous as Shatakshi, she with a hundred eyes, and also as she who removes all difficulties, Durga, who takes away the Durga. She nullifies sorrow, suppresses evil, destroys difficulties and confusion. She is the mother who nourishes. She is rays of light, the remover of darkness, and she who wears the body of nature. That lady gets around uh, because it, she she is the she's Kali and she's Gauri and she is Durga and she is uh, the mother who nourishes Shakambori. She nourishes her children. She feeds us at every. One who sings, prays, meditates, repeats mantras, worships, and adores. She who nourishes with vegetables quickly receives the everlasting presence of food and drink and freedom from death. The goddess of fearful form is a blue color. Her fangs and teeth glisten. Her eyes are massive. This woman has breasts large and round. In her hand, she holds a scimitar. That's curved sword, sword of worship. The, the small drum, Damaru, a severed head. That's the ego. I hope she's got mine with her. And a drinking vessel through which she drinks the nectar of immortal devotion. She is called solely attentive to the battle. We talked about her before. She is called the dark night, overcoming the darkness of duality, the darkness of e egotism, and the grantor of desires. What do you desire once you've given up your ego? Just to stay there, in that state of egolessness, she who has a bee-like nature is of various hues. And we talked already about the bee-like nature. She goes right to the nectar. She, the fly is always in the dirty places and flits from here and there and is a nuisance and a pest where the bee goes straight for the nectar and she makes the honey in which nourishes us and sweetens us. And we even use it to wash the feet of the goddess. Because of the brilliance of her aura of light, she is safe from attack. Her body is also of various colors, as are her ornaments. Her hands manifest as a bee, and her glory is sung as the great destroyer. O king of the earth, thus the manifestations of the goddess have been explained. These are various manifestations. Now, we know Hori Ananta, Hori Kotha Ananta, she's everywhere. 
And I can't express all the natures of the mother, but here are a few that are special, and we've just discussed them. The mother of the perceivable universe, the energy that tears apart thought, is famed as the cow that satiates all desires. She is the commandino. She is the grantor, the fulfiller of all desires. This is the supreme secret not to be indiscriminately divulged. If you worship the mother in any or all of her forms, she fulfills all your desires. Because what else do you desire except to keep worshiping? Just finish the puja and do another one. And you finish the pot and you do the puja. And you finish the puja, you do another pot. And you finish the pot, you do a homa. And you finish the homa and your life becomes Siddhanta Char. What else would you desire if you really worship her with sincerity? With the intensity of devotion of which we are capable, we are praying to you to increase our devotion. Isn't that an ad infinitum retrogression? It just keeps going and going and spiraling until it's out of control. All we want is to give our lives to her. The divine incarnation described are givers of the desired fruit and therefore, with right effort, one should continually repeat, repeat the names of the goddess in meditation. Do your job, do your top, do your dan, achieve gan, and illuminate the universe. By merely reading the 700 mantras in praise of she who removes all difficulties, this chandipat, all the impurities and terrible sins, such as killing a Brahman, Brahmahatya Surapanam, oh, such as killing a number of divinity, are removed for up to seven births previous. You can remove the greatest of sins, all your confusion goes away. For seven births before, seven births to come, you affect 14 generations by reading the Chandipat once. What happens if you read it every day? <laughs> you become good at it. It becomes your nature. You know what's coming next. You know what it means. You know how to apply it. You can explain it to others. You can understand it yourself. You make a life based on the rhythm of worship. That's what happens, I think. <laughs> By merely reading the 700 mantras of the Chandipat, all the impurities and terrible sins are removed for up to seven births previous. Thus, the greatest of esoteric secrets the meditation of the goddess has been described to you. Therefore, if a full and complete effort is made, all desires will be fulfilled. With her grace, you will attain the highest respect and peace in your mind and in your heart and full, complete, the highest wealth, the highest definition of your greatest good. With her grace, you will attain as her prasad, sarvamanyo, sarvarupamoyi devi, 
the goddess who pervades every form, Sarva Rupa, Mayid, she is the manifestation or manifested in every form is a form of her. You get to see her. Every form is a form of her. And the entire universe is the form of the goddess. Therefore, I bow down to the Supreme Sovereign who is the form of the universe. Oh. Namaste. Om Sam Saraswati Namaha. I'm sure there's a lot that we can discuss here. She comes in every form, every atom, every manifestation. Oh, she is Sarva Rupa Moyi. She is the goddess, the manifestation of every form in existence. And therefore, we worship her in special forms, we worship her in other forms, we worship her by these names, by those names, in every name, in every form, or in one form, in one name. It doesn't matter. And therefore, I bow down to the Supreme Sovereign who is the form of the universe. This is the cosmic puja. And that's where we arrive through the study of the Chandipat. Not Vyasti, not Vyakti, not the, is, is, individuals. We're not only limiting ourselves to one form of worship, we worship everything. How about for people without discrimination like us? We can't find God in one thing, we find Him in everything. She is the form of everything. And all we can do is bow down to her in every form. Sing the 700 verses. Do the puja. Sing again. Sing a song of praise. And love her with our every action. Let's see if there are any questions. We have a question from Sadatmananda in Washington. Namaste Sadatmananda. Namaste. In the case of Raktadantika, what is the significance of her being all red? She has consumed all the passion, all the desires, all the Rajaguna, all the redness from the rednecks. And she's taken all the red away. I mean, talk about a lady who's always in the red. That's Raktadantika. She has taken all of our liabilities, all of our negativities, all of our desires, all the inappropriate character from us. And that's why she manifests herself as the form of pure uh, rajas, pure redness. She has taken our redness away. Swamiji, I have a question. Please go. Um, all of these goddesses except Brahmari are solid, well, I mean, they're all, all of their things are one color. Yoga Maya was all gold, Raktadantika is all red, Shakambari was blue, and then Brahmari is various colors. Yes. So are the first three the three gunas, and then she's... Near, she's all gunas, near guna. Hmm. She is all the colors. She is Savarni. She is who belongs to all colors, creeds, tri tribes, castes, every... She belongs everywhere. There's nowhere she is not, and she belongs everywhere she goes. I am the light, and the light is me. 
everywhere I go is where I want to be. <laughs> That's where she is. She's everywhere. In every manifestation, she is the manifestation of every form of existence. And therefore, we bow down to her as the manifestation of all existence. Yes, please. We have a question from Sadhana Shakti in Seattle. Namaste, Sadhana Shakti. Pranam. I am trying to see Mother in all things everywhere, including emotions. Can you please speak on how to see fear as the form of Mother with the hope that it will dissolve in her? Yes, she takes away all the fear. So as soon as you feel fear, you say, Mother! <laughs> wow! You just took it away! <laughs> now, what are, what are our alternatives? What are our options here? I, I don't want to feel fear. Mother, you take the fear away and explain to me how do I manifest the best resolution of these circumstances? What's in the best interest of everyone? How can I resolve this present circumstance to the ultimate goodness for everyone? Achieve the highest harmony, we show Jackie, to conquer all the, the do conflict and do a, 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 a confrontation. Remove all hostility. Mom, take away my fear and give me the illumination so I can choose which alternative is best. I only feel fear when I don't know what's going to happen. Once I know, it's, it's hard to fear. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm only afraid when I'm ignorant. As soon as I know, then all the fear vanishes. So now, uh, let's say, Mom, take away all the fear. You come and be with me. She will come. And then all you have to do is analyze the circumstances and choose the appropriate alternative by which you can accomplish your objective. Yes, please. We have a question from uh, Sharanya in Walnut Creek. Namaste, Sharanya! Pranam, in verse 24, by merely reading the 700 mantras, mantras, all impurities and sins are removed. How does chanting the Chandi remove Parabdha Karma? Can you please explain? Uh, yes, it, there are four kinds of karma. Past, present, future. Past is some ship that's done, over with. It only exists as a present memory. Future uh, is, is prarabdha. It was begun in the past and it's going to come to fruition in the future. There's nothing I can do. It's going to happen. It's a present projection of what was the result of the karma that I began in the past. Birth one is present. It's what we're doing right now. Now, if I feel my birth one, my present, thinking about the past and speculating about the future, then I'm going to keep doing the same stuff that I did that got me into trouble in the first place. The fourth kind of karma is called nitya karma. We also call it karma yoga. We also call it the actions through which we reach to the attainment of the perfection of union, karma yoga, defined as siddhanta chara, the behavior according to the scriptures, puja, pat, homa, sangeet, 
Nirit Prabhachan Arpan. Worship, recitation of scriptures, fire ceremonies, singing for God, dancing for God, explaining what you're doing and what it means and how it works, and serving, offering to God. Serving God and serving others. These seven forms of activity have the capacity to make my mind stop and think only about God. And if I'm thinking about God, then the past knocks on the door, the future knocks on the door, there's no one home. I'm busy, come back tomorrow, come back another time. I'm not making new karma for the future. I'm going to exhaust, ex experience the fruits of my prarabdha karma, exhaust all those arrows shot in the past which are landing and not shoot off new arrows. And if I don't shoot off new arrows, then it purifies the Parabdha karma. Until it's exhausted itself, just like Raktabij, the seed of desire, when he was wounded by the goddess and she drank all the, the blood from the wounds of the seed of desire, then no new seeds of desire were born, and eventually he ran out of desire. He only desired her. In the same way, we call upon the, 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 the Nitya Karma, the eternal karma, the Karma Yoga to fill our presence so there's no room to think about the past or speculate about the future. And that's how she takes away the Prarabdha Karma. Yes, please. We have a question from Swarupananda. Namaste, Swarup! Pranam, from verse 21. Her glory is sung as the great destroyer. Who is that great destroyer? And she is uh, Mahakali. She is uh, uh, Mahamari Iti Gyate. She is called the great destroyer, Mahamari, the, the great. Iti, <laughs> this is the name, she destroys all. And so that is Kali. In the form of Kali, she takes the creation back into herself. She absorbs the creation. So this is the form of Chandi, it's the form of Kali, it's the form of uh, Mahamari. These are definitions where it goes, all the creation goes back into praloi, into maha, into dissolution, into to the goddess. Like all the energy goes back into the battery and it doesn't become kinetic anymore, it becomes fully potential. There are no manifestations of the energy. The energy is completely absorbed into the battery and stored. Yes, please, Shivani. When we talk about Siddhanta Char and Karma Yoga, is yeah. that only in terms of the activities we're doing on the outside, or does that also relate to the attitude with which we do any activity? Well, it, it no, it, it refers to the only to the attitude because you could be uh, writing a book or ch uh, 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 washing a dish, or chopping wood, or carrying water, and still maintaining the attitude of seva of love, a sense of privilege, a sense that I get the honor to be able to demonstrate my love for God by doing what I'm doing. 
It doesn't matter if you're chopping wood or carrying water or you're writing a book or, or doing accounts. It's all part of God's plan. All we have to do is keep the bhavana with us, keep the attitude, keep ourselves centered in that attitude and fixed in that attitude that I get to do puja in this way right now. What a privilege. I get to pay the grocer. What a joy. He's going to give me more groceries next month. I get to pay the rent. I'm going to pay the utilities. They're not going to shut off my electricity. Isn't that a privilege? There are so many advantages to living with God. So it's the attitude with which we do what we do. It's not just what we do. Sometimes you do puja by putting flowers on the altar. Sometimes you do puja by making keystrokes on your computer. Sometimes you do puja by putting vegetables in the pot. Everybody is called upon to do puja in so many ways. So many ways. It's all the same steps, five steps, preparation, purification, invitation, union, and offering. Those are the five steps of every puja. Whether you're organizing your altar or organizing your desktop or organizing the, 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 the axe and the buckets to chop wood and carry water, you're still preparation, purification, invitation, union, and offering. Everyone, in every activity, whether they do it knowingly or not, we can see what they're doing. Preparation, purification, invitation, union and offering. They're all making puja. Pu means punya, they get the highest merit. If I pay the grocer, it's a good merit. Ja means birth, to give birth. I'm giving birth to the highest merit by paying the grocer. I got to do that. Or I get to do that. Take your choice. But I don't want to borrow karma from the grocer and not pay him. That wouldn't be good karma. I think I would be, I'd have to come back and pay that debt with interest. And a late fee. And a collection fee an attorney's fee, and maybe spend some time in debtor's prison. <laughs> there must be some bad karma that accrues from not paying the grocer. And I don't want to see about that. <laughs> I'd rather take the discount and pay in advance. <laughs> yes, please. We have a question from Moshmi and Siddharth. Namaste, Moshmi Siddharth. Pranam. Through Chandipath, we can destroy the sins of bad karma carried from past seven births. Do we carry sins from more than seven births? How to destroy those sins? Well, by chanting the Chandipath. <laughs> we destroy them for seven births, up to seven births. If you've got any carry forward from seven births previous, then you're going to expunge that karma too. Uh, so think that if I purify seven births before me, I'm in pretty good shape. 
In fact, I have the capacity to pay it forward and purify seven births to come. So every good karma that we do today, every good deed will reverberate through 14 generations. It all goes through 14 generations and everybody gets the merits of that karma. All the ancestors in the past and in the future, they all get the benefit of your chanting the chanting. Many things you always do present karma the main things is you always do your present karma nice. Mm -hmm. Just keep current. Don't fall into arrears. Pay the grocer. I've got a beautiful grocer right here. Pay the grocer for crying out loud. Uh, he's such a nice guy. He deserves to. He's going to go home and feed his family. Why wouldn't you pay the grocer? Pay the rent. I know the landlord. He could use it. Yes, please. We have a question from Laura in Vermont. Namaste, Laura in Vermont. Pranam, if we wanted to do the job of these manifestations of Devi, would we chant the verses pertaining to them, or do they have shorter mantras? They have shorter mantras, they have longer mantras, they have the meditation mantras. You can start with reading this Murti Rahasya. And then you could read the mantras pertaining to the goddesses that you wish to worship that are included in this chapter. And then if you have specific questions or specific issues, then many of them you can, you can send me an email and I'll tell you where to go to get the information you need or I'll write it down for you. We have a question from Nanda in San Jose. Namaste Nanda Ma, thank you very much for your manifestation. <laughs> Why are the three secrets secrets? Now that you have explained them, do they still remain as secrets? Please help me understand. Yes, they are still secret. They are deeply buried inside. They are hidden inside. It's a mystery. It's a mystery in the sense that you can't, it's not overt. You gotta look for it. You gotta go inside to understand this process. You can't just read it and say, oh, guy, I got that. <laughs> All right, that's my knowledge now. That isn't the way it works. It ain't so. No, 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 it isn't so. You've gotta do the work and do the puja and go inside and feel the reality of these mantras, the reality of these secrets, because they are deeply secreted inside. They are mysterious. They are mysteries. They're hidden in the cave. You've got to go dig for it. You've got to find the treasure. And then you'll realize the treasure. It's not just, oh, I read that fact in a book. That's okay. It's mine. It isn't yours until you experience it. Until you feel it, until you breathe it, until you live it, until it, then it becomes yours. Otherwise, it's just a fact in a book. And I always think of Khalil Gibran, who said, he who carries or repeats things that he doesn't understand, or she that doesn't understand, is no better than an ass carrying a book. Put your books on top of the ass, let the ass carry your books. You've got to understand that we eat and nourish ourselves with gyan and bhakti from mother's breasts. It's not a, a breast fetish. 
It is a, a desire for more wisdom and more devotion. We're not looking at the sensuous details, although they were well described. It was described as being full of wisdom and full of devotion. And who can understand this goes deep inside to discover the reality of the mystery. The secret comes in realization. It's not just from reading it. So it's still a secret until it's yours. And it won't be yours until you breathe it, drink it, taste it, hunger for it, thirst for it. Really make it your own. Yes, please. We have another question from Sadatmananda. Yes, Sadatmananda, namaste. Namaste. It seems that you are less focused on when these manifestations incarnate, but rather how they manifest in our lives. Could you speak on how each of these incarnations can manifest within us? Yes, I can. Uh, they, are, they all manifest within us. Nanda comes as the bliss that we feel when we are in love with God. When we are devoted to our guru, when we are devoted to our puja, when we are... Nanda, thank you so much. Nanda is the goddess of bliss. And then we have Raktadantika, she with red teeth, who has taken away all of the, all of the rajas and all of the, the, uh, uh, the, the qualities of activity, of, uh, of, uh, of desire. And she takes away all our desires and we can see them manifest on her. She wears them on her own. Uh, she nourishes us with wisdom and devotion. Uh, we can see she who, Shakambori, uh, who, who uh, nourishes us with vegetables and with, with uh, the fruits of the earth. And she become, makes us one with the earth and one with the nature. And we find it in her nature within us. So she sits with the lotus of peace and she has a lotus and a, uh, she protects us. She holds a lotus and she holds the, holds the bow of determination with which she makes her son culpa and aims at the mark. She continually nourishes us until we only desire to eat her food. We only want to eat her cooking. In fact, we don't eat anything unless she puts the first bite in our mouths. Ah. And then we desire only to eat her food. She is Shakambori, and she who nourishes with vegetables, uh, she who is uh, uh, the, 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 the uh, remover of difficulty, she's Durga, she's Bhima, she is uh, 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 terrible, she's fearful, uh, she expires fear in all my negativities. Don't do the stupid thing, Swami. Don't pay attention, please. Don't do the dumb thing. Don't take the convenient shortcut. Do the right thing. Make it full, complete, and perfect. I see Bhima Devi so many times. Every day, oh, you could cheat a little here. You could take a little there. You got uh, cut a little there. Take. He, she counsels. She puts the fear to do the wrong thing into the negativities. So the negativities are even afraid in her presence to counsel us to do stupid things. 
Uh, she was Brahmori. She is uh, the bee-like nature. She comes in the form of nourishment. She goes right for the nectar. She produces the nectar of immortal delight, which is sweet, nourishing, and healthy. And she's full of sattva. She takes away. Uh, she 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 goes right for the target. She doesn't go like the fly, flitting about, making a nuisance of herself. She goes right towards her goal, to extract the nectar and make the nourishment so she can fulfill the needs, the desires of her devotees. And then uh, there is Chandi, the mother of the perceivable universe, she is like the Kamadenu, she is the fulfiller of all desires, and she, this is the supreme secret. She comes in the form of the Chandi pot, and whoever will read this Chandi pot will be removed from all terrible impurities, all sins, all confusion, all stupidity. It'll all be taken away, it'll be torn apart, cut to shreds. Chand, she tears apart the thoughts, and this, the greatest of esoteric secrets, this is the meditation of the goddess. And therefore, it, if a full and complete effort is made, all desires will be fulfilled. With her grace, you will attain the highest respect. And the goddess who pervades every form, the entire universe is the form of the goddess. And therefore, I bow down to the supreme sovereign who is the form of the universe. Is there anything else you want to know about this chapter? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. We have a question from Vivekananda in Seattle. Namaste, Vivek. Namaste. How do I understand sincerity? I want to become more and more sincere, and I pray for it, but I feel like she is asking for sincerity from herself. Logically, I see God everywhere, but I don't think I experience that. But then again, logically, I cannot find a place where she is not. Can you explain this conundrum? How do I ask for sincerity when she is running the whole show? What else you want to ask for? <laughs> what else is going to stick with you? If you're going to ask her for something, ask her for the sincerity by which you can have that true, pure, sincere devotion so you can pay attention to her. If you're going to ask, is she saying, I'll give you what you want, what do you want? Uh, let me think, Mom. <laughs> She'll probably say, come back tomorrow and sing it again. Think about it. Sleep on it, kids. <laughs> she, if you got it on the tip of the tongue, I want sincerity. I want pure, true intensity of sincere devotion. She may give it to you. Or she may give you a little bit of an increase. <laughs> Just enough to make you come back again tomorrow and try again. <laughs> and if you do that every day for 42 years, one day you'll be sitting in a chair screaming at your kids. Kids, for crying out loud of all the things you can do in life, worship the Divine Mother for, for please, listen to me. Let me grab you by the neck. Listen. If you get a little bit more devotion every day, just a little bit, 
अचानक एक क्षण एक जस्ट एक बिंदु एक भूत Then you'll come back tomorrow and get a little bit bored. <laughs> and the next day, and the next day, and the next day, until one day, you can't contain it anymore. It just flows from you, and it flows through you, and it is her devotion, and she uses you as the tool, and you're allowed to lose control because you're not in control. Now, let me ask you how you can be in control when you're not in control. If you become the tool and she is the craftsman, then are you in control? If you are the car and she is the driver, are you in control? I'm in control so as well as she drives. Do you have a license? Do you have a driver's license? You do? Okay. All right. I know how we got that one. In the same way, you you just can't be in control and be in control uh, be out of control at the same time. If you're out of control, you're out of control, and you know it. And it's okay because she's in control. She's got a license. I know how she got it. So therefore, just ask her. Just keep praying for it. Just keep asking. What else are you gonna ask for? Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? You don't need the Mercedes. Hey, do you know, my friends in India say, I drive a Fiat and I've got a driver and I've got a boy who comes and washes the car for me every day. You may have a Mercedes, but you've got to wash it yourself. You drive it yourself. You can't even afford to put the gas in it. Therefore, just pray for a little bit more every day. Leave the things of the world, just take as much of it as you need, as much of it as will be practical for you to use in your goal, in your fulfilling your objective. And thereafter, leave the rest and give your life to her. And she'll do with it as she deems the best. She may think she needs $15 million in order to give away. She may want to buy lottery tickets and give it to all the kids so you can all do something for the rest of your lives. <laughs> hey, whatever she wants. If you're out of control, you're out of control. Yes, please. We have a question from Julia. Namaste, Julia. Namaste. In verse 24... It says that all impurities and terrible sins, such as killing a Noah of divinity, are removed up for seven previous births. It, and her question is, mindful meditation is being taught even to the U.S. troops with the intention of helping them both in battle and coming home. Would teaching them the Chandi be an even more purifying practice? Well, there are certain things that we have to remain a secular with. So mindful meditation we can put without God. It's hard to put the chandi without God. So you have to be politically correct, I'm sorry. But for those who want to believe and for those who want to see, then certainly we could teach them the chandi. But for everyone else, they may suggest that you're stuffing something down my throat, which otherwise I do not want to take. And therefore, <laughs> stop. 
especially uh, if you uh, get with the politically correct Christian right. Uh, they may say, uh, we don't want any of your pagan religion here. <laughs> Not in our U.S. Army. We have a question from Sadatmananda. Namaste, Sadatmananda. Namaste. Her hands manifest as a bee. Um, what does this verse mean? Here she grabs all the nectar. She reaches in and takes the pollen. She goes into the into the to the heart of the flower where the stem comes out, where the nectar is the thickest, and she fills all her legs or hands or six. You know, she's got six legs with hand-like things on the bottom, and she gets as much nectar as she can. She puts it all in her her bee-like nature and she flies back to the nest and she gives it to all the other bees and the worker bees and the honey bees and the, and the queen bee. Right. And they work together as a family and make nectar and they take the nectar and make it into honey and they take the honey and make it into nourishment and they take the nourishment and make it sweet and it fortifies devotees trying to increase their devotion so that they get a little bit more energy so that they can pray a little with a greater sincerity with a greater intensity every day be a bee we have a question from sadhana shakti namaste sadhana shakti can you please speak a little on patient forgiveness in regard to ourselves? Yes. <laughs> I know that elusive character very intimately, and that's why I can speak of it. Because when we cultivate patience and we are trying to forgive others who have injured us or who have injured others, then automatically we have to get into the habit of forgiving ourselves. We have the tendency as human beings, aparada sahasrani, I'm going to make a thousand mistakes a day. How many times did you take a breath today without saying the name of God? Probably more than a thousand. I don't know. I can't count how many mistakes I make every day. Can I forgive you? I'll try. But if in the morning, if you surrender to God, you don't need to count. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> uh, uh, I can count on you. Uh, yes, if we surrender to God first thing in the morning, home Vishnu, home Vishnu. <gasps> and go out and do Vishnu's work all day long and come home and say, home Vishnu, home Vishnu. <laughs> Remember, Narad said, I'm singing your name all day long, and that farmer said your name twice. How can he be the greatest devotee? Vo de I mean, when you Oh, that's a good bargain. I like that. I wish Mother was my negotiator all the time. If you surrender first thing in the morning, she's got to take care of all your karma all day long. Yeah, although she would be liar. I like that process. I'm not sure I want to give her that much responsibility. I'd like to but take some of her... You don't give responsibility. 
I will, I will want to save her from taking such a load as my karma. My karma's pretty heavy, Mama. I'm not going to give that to the Divine Mother for the whole day. I'll give it to her for the length of the chandi and the length of the puja. But if I gave it to her for the whole day, I think she would bend over under the weight. No. No. <laughs> okay. Thank you. So get up in the morning. Get up, you lazy people. And sing the name of Kali. And ultimately, you're going to find your rest at the feet of Kali. So remember her first thing in the morning and see how you do. Yeah, but remember all day long and see you'll do it even better. Get out of control and love her so much that you can't even think that she's not with you and she's not speaking through your heart. And see even more. We have a question from Ramya in New, in New York. Ramya in New York, namaste Rami, mommy, we're missing you. We hope you get on the next plane and come back home soon. Pranam, how can we understand and implement right effort in verse 23 and full and complete effort in verse 25? Right effort leads to full and complete effort. I suggest you go and hang out with Bebek a little bit, and then he's going to ask for just a little bit more sincerity every day. That's right effort. And a full and complete effort is when you let go and get out of control and let her take over your body and speak words of wisdom through your mouth. That would be a full and complete effort where you don't chant softly. You just let it all hang out the way it comes. I think that would be the difference. Remember, those who chant in moderate tone get great results, and those who chant in extremely loud tones, it is full, completely fulfilled in the Kilak style. We have a question from Julia. Namaste, Julia. Namaste. Those of us who are here in class and are your devotees have come like a family of bees and don't have a conflict with worshiping all the deities as one deity as if we have been doing this a long time. Have we been already growing in past karma, this devotion? Absolutely! I, this satsang didn't just come about in the last few weeks. This is not something that was invented. Our means of communication is a little more sophisticated. Now I can communicate through the internet. But before we were having Upanishad sitting under a tree. That's where it came from. We have a tradition, we have a heritage, we have a history, lady. <laughs> we go back a long way. We've got karma. This whole satsang, we are a family of bees. And some of us are worker bees, and some of us are lazy bees, <laughs> and some of us are queen bees, and some of us are still questioning to be or not to be. But we are a family uh, that live around a hive, and we are making nectar. Namaste. We have a question from Sadatmananda. Sadatmananda, namaste. Pranam, this tradition is anything but easy. It flickers between an ongoing difficult battle and the encouraging presence of mother just as in the chandi. 
Most of us would feel, most of us would like to feel like we are being spiritual rather than living spiritual lives. Does this have anything to do with our tradition being based around the Chandi? Looking at Ramakrishna's disciples, I can't help but feel they had an easier time. <laughs> Hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> if you look back, well, they had a real easy time doing it. But if you were in their shoes, <laughs> if you were sitting there in their positions trying to get it together, they, they had their struggles and they had their times. We all had our moments. <laughs> And they did too. It wasn't that easy. You know, Vivekananda was only with Ramakrishna for three years before Ramakrishna left his body. Then Ramakrishna was with Vivekananda for a long time to follow. So they didn't have it so easy. Some of the other boys came even after Ramakrishna had already gone. Vivekananda was out uh, talking uh, about God and talking about Vedanta and talking about Ramakrishna who loved Mother infinitely. He loved Mother as a Vedantist. He loved Mother like she was the one supreme reality. And all else was Maya, and she was the Maya of the measurement of consciousness. And he traveled all the length and breadth of India and talking about the love of mother and the love of his guru. And the other boys were sort of huddled in poverty in a slum outside of Calcutta. And they didn't have such an easy time. <laughs> Of course, the guru wasn't with them, chastising them and telling them how to make it harder for them. But it wasn't so easy. And then, of course, Vivekananda became the fundraiser in chief. So he came to America. Where else would you come? He got a big begging bowl. Come to America. I like to be in America. Okay, by me in America. Fill her up. And the tradition of Swami Gravelbucks was people was commenced. And every summer you can see how many Swamis come to America in May and June before when it, the summer hits India, the Swamis go to America. Fill her up. They do. <laughs> I noticed. I noticed a little fundraising. Okay, boys, let's build an ashram. We'll build a temple that's bigger than all the temples. Our statue will be taller than all the other statues. Our home will be bigger and broader. And you can have really good music, musicians and good, good music to play and nice singing and nice dancing and we'll have fun. The evolution of every organization. <laughs> And that's why the Devi Mandir is still disorganized. <laughs> yes! We will not get organized. That is our sankalpa. <laughs> we have a, a, a goal of remaining lovers of the universe. Lovers of every form of the universe. We, it's really hard to canonize lovers of everything. How do you say, uh, how do you make a hierarchy of priests when you, everyone is a priest? 
And our goal is to empower and instruct and inspire everyone to become the priest of his or her own temple. How can you make a hierarchy or an organization based on the, the priest of every temple? Om Sam Sarasvati Namaha. Namaste.